dear friends, I count it a great joy that God has given to me to talk to you about God's word today. And the topic that I want to talk to you about is the dynamics of potter and the clay. Just to bank my message on a particular verse, let me read from Jeremiah 18 chapter verses 1 to 6. The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, Arise, go down to the potter's house, there I will cause you to hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house and behold, the potter was making a part. He worked a work on the wheels and the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hands of the potter. He just made it into another vessel as seemed good unto his own eyes. And then the Lord told Jeremiah, the, Lord, the word of the Lord came to me saying, O house of Israel, cannot I do with you as this potter? Behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. Dear friends, in the scriptures when we read the life of Jeremiah and the way God spoke to him, the word of God says, the word that came to Jeremiah. When God was talking to Jeremiah, he was entering into Je with Jeremiah in I-thou relationship. Jeremiah was a young man who was in the temple and the Lord spoke to him and said, I have called you to be a prophet for me even before you were born in your own mother's womb. I sanctified you and ordained you a prophet unto the nations. And Jeremiah said, I am a young boy. I, I do not know how to speak. Then the Lord put his word in his mouth and said, go and preach my word. And later, when God began to talk to Jeremiah, he said, as soon as your words were found, I ate them. He was able to internalize the word of God. Initially, it was a spoon feeding. The word came to his mouth. Then later, the word was internalized. And when he was preaching God's word, there was opposition. There was hindrance from the people of Israel. So he said, I would not want to preach God's word. But he says, though I am not willing to preach God's word, your word in my heart is like fire shut up in my bones. I have to speak. I cannot but speak. And then he says, the Lord is with me as a mighty, terrible one. At a particular time in Jeremiah's life, maybe he was deviating away from the Lord. Then the Lord told him, if you return, you shall stay in my presence. I shall restore you. And if you remove good from bad, you shall be like my mouth. Just look at the beauty of this word. We are expected to remove good from bad, take only good that we find in this world. So, if we are able to choose good, then we shall be like the mouth of God. Meaning, Jeremiah's, not only Jeremiah's mouth, Jeremiah's face, Jeremiah's look, Jeremiah's demeanor, and the way he conducts himself, his whole personality was speaking God's word. So, Jeremiah was a great man of God, a prophet of God, to whom the word of God came. And the Lord told him, Arise, go down to the potter's house. There I will talk to you. Now, he could have told God, Lord, you are already talking to me. Where do you want me to go to your potter's house? The uh, temple was in uh, the temple mount in Jerusalem. And the potter's house was southwest of Jerusalem, southwest of the temple mount. And as he had to go down, he went down there because water was there and the potter's house was there. Initial obedience brought increased revelation. So when we hear God's word, it is imperative that we hear God's word and obey God's word. When God said, arise, go down to the potter's house, immediately he got up, went down to the potter's house. And as he went down, he saw a potter was making a pot over the wheels. Now, he said, behold, God told him, behold, we are to see what God is longing to do in and through us. We are to see what God is doing in our own lives. So, potter's house means, potter means in uh, Hebrew it is yatsar, a person who creates, a person who fashions, a person who preordains, a person who predetermines. House means it is the place, potter's house. 
Now, I tell you, friends, God speaks to us in the church. God speaks to us when people gather together. God is speaking to you now through these particular verses. Now, dear friends, what we need to understand is when God talks to us, we will have to obey. Friends, I want to place before you metaphorical connotation of the potter and the clay. When he went down to the potter's house, he found the potter was making a pot on wheels. Now, when we, in our, in our land in India, when the, in the village area, when people uh, create pots, they keep one wheel. And they keep the um, clay in the center of the wheel. They rotate the wheel. Nowadays, uh, motors are there. In those days, they use a stick and rotate the wheel. And they fashion the clay into a pot. But in the Middle East, it was not followed. It's not a single wheel. Here the word of God says, he ought to work on wheels. He ought to work on wheels. This is what I read in a particular book about how they prepare pots. There is a pit. There is a pit on the ground. At the bottom of the pit, there is a big wheel. It's like a flywheel, a heavy wheel. And the axle comes up. And uh, in the axle, there is a small wheel that is uh, just above the ground level. The potter sits at the brim of the pit. He uses both his feet to revolve the wheel. And the top wheel also revolves. And he uses both his hands, all the ten fingers, both his eyes, all his concentration to bring out a little vessel. Now, dear friends, I tell you, when you look at the potter and the clay, we can understand a lot of spiritual lessons. I want to place them before you and then tell at the end of my message what, what is the... Um, I want to tell at the end of my message the responsibility of the pot. What is the prayer that the clay should make? The, the, at the end of the message, I want to place before you the responsibility of the clay responsibility of the clay. Clay must be yielded and still and it is a silent appeal to God to mold us as he would want us to be molded. Now the first point that I want to place before you is the potter as he sits at the brim of the pot and both his feet are at work and both his hands are at work and as he's full of concentration his back begins to ache. To mold us into a vessel of God's liking God had to pay a price. God had to send Jesus Christ, his only begotten son, so that we could be molded into his own likeness. Christ loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify us and cleanse us with the washing of water by the word, that he might present to himself a glorious church. This is what St. Paul writes to Ephesians in 5th chapter, 25th verse onwards. So dear friends, God had to suffer. Jesus had to suffer to mold us into a vessel that is well-pleasing to God. The second point that I want to place before you is the potter places one hand inside, one hand outside. If suppose the potter places both the hands outside, he can make only a pot-sized lump of clay. You know, usually in the ministerial parlor, many people want to hear God's word, only apparent blessings, outside blessings. In the ministerial realm, many people want to receive the blessings of God, only outward blessings. They want God to pat over them and then bless them abundantly in every area. They do not want God to put one hand inside to pull out unnecessary things from the heart. Dear friends, a pot is a pot when the inner part of the pot is empty. So the potter had to keep one hand inside and one hand outside so that he can remove everything that is not needed inside the pot so that the empty place can be filled in with something that is more glorious than clay. The pot should be empty to have something more valuable than the clay. Now, the word of God says, we have a heart. 
we are able to receive many thoughts from the outside world. What comes inside can make us or mar us, make us or destroy us. Say for example, letter of Jude, 10th verse, but these people speak evil of those things which they do not know, but what they know naturally as brute beasts, in those things they corrupt themselves. The whole world is full of knowledge. But the knowledge that we receive, if it is not from God, it corrupts us. So what is needed is we to empty our heart so that something more valuable than the clay can be kept in. So dear friends, what we need to understand is we have to allow the word of God to work in our own heart. One hand must be inside so that things that are not needed can be removed from our own heart. The fourth point that I want to place before you about this clay and the potter is the wheel should continually rotate. His hands should be always on the clay. The potter's hand must be always on the clay. Once he takes his hands off the clay, the work stops. Once the wheel's rotation stops, the work stops. The word of God says, when St. Paul wrote to Philippians, first chapter, fifth verse, he who has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. Once a person comes to Jesus Christ, receives salvation, the Spirit of God would want to begin his work, the gracious work, and the work continues till we meet the Lord Jesus Christ. So it is imperative that we allow the Holy Spirit to work in our own hearts. God's hand must be inside, pulling out things that are not needed in our own personal life. Often we feel we can manage our own life. We want God to take his hands off from our own life. It is not possible as the potter has to work on the clay continuously till it is perfected, till it is made a vessel worthy of honor. He has to work on it. So dear friends, we let allow God to work in our own lives. Sometimes, you know, we feel as we have our individuality, as we have our own intellect, as we have our own capacity, we feel God can take his hands off. I read about a pilot in, a, um, in USA. He was it's a fighter plane and the plane had to take off from the uh, aircraft carrier. And, you know, the, the runway is very short in the aircraft carrier. And they had the, the, the planes are catapulted, the jet planes are catapulted. And as he was taking off, he was not able to gain sufficient height. So in the, over the, um, I mean, Mike, he was speaking, he was talking to the controlling officer. And as he was not able to gain height, suddenly the controlling officer heard in his own uh, system that this man praying to him, oh, God, help me. Well, the Lord helped him. As he was trying to take off, the landing gear, the wheels uh, was touching over the waters as it was about to sink. He was able to take off. When he attained sufficient height, the uh, controlling officer heard this man say, Oh God, now we take your hands off. This is what many people feel. They want God to help them when they are in need. But once they are okay, they want God to take their hands off. No. If God had to make you a vessel worthy of honor, God's hand must be upon you continuously. Now, when God prepares you for, as a vessel, you must yield yours to, into the hands of God. Now, dear friends, God's hand is always on us. God wants to work in our own life so that we would be able to do things that God wants us to do. Now, 1 John 3rd chapter, first three verses, if you read, What manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the children of God. We know that we are the children of God, but we do not know what we are going to be in future. But when we see Jesus, when he comes back, we shall be like him. He who has his hope in him purifies him as he is pure. So, dear friends, the hand of the Lord should be upon us continuously so that we would become a worthy vessel in the hands of the Lord. The fifth point that I want to place before you is the clay should be in the center of the wheel. No potter can 
fashion a pot from a lump of clay, keeping it away from the center. So the clay must be the center of the wheel and also in our own life I can say we have to be the center of God's will, center of God's wheel. Now often we feel we can conduct our own lives, we deviate from the path of God. Jesus spoke in Matthew's Gospel 7th chapter 21, 21st verse, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of God, but a person who does God's will. So dear friends, it is imperative that we should learn to do God's will. We must know God's will, live God's will, so that God is able to bless us in our own personal life and our ministry. So what is needed is, we must be the center of God's will, center of God's will, so that God could revolve the whole universe to bless us. You know, when we are center of God's will, God's will, the, the, uh, the periphery of the will revolves around us. In the same manner, if we are in the center of God's will, if we long to be the center of God's will, God can revolve the whole universe. He can move the whole surroundings to bless us so that we would be able to do what God wants us to do. The sixth point that I want to place before you is the potter has to pat the pot. When the, 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 he fashions a pot, he cuts it away from the wheel. Initially, the pot is thick. The, the, the wall is thick, he puts one hand inside and one hand outside, he begins to pat it. He pats it and makes it very thin so that it can be a worthy vessel. Dear friends, many people feel God is love, he will not punish us. Now the word of God says, if we, if we endure chastening, God deals with us as sons. If we are not able to endure chastening, when God chastens us, it's only for our blessing. If God is, if we are not allowing God to correct us and chasten us, the word of God says he considers us as, as uh, children of harlots. The word of God says illegal children. We will be like illegal children. So dear friends, we must be careful to allow God to work in our own lives so that God, the father of spirits, can correct us. When our own parents correct us, we have been yielding ourselves. For in their own way, they corrected us. How much more should we yield ourselves to the hands of the Lord so that he can correct us? If we refuse to be corrected, we will prepare ourselves into a vessel that is useless for God and man. So, dear friends, I remember uh, reading the life of Reese Howells. One day he was asked to fast and pray. The Lord, Spirit of God was prompting to him to fast and pray. As he was preparing himself to fast and pray, uh, suddenly from the kitchen came the uh, sweet aroma of food that his mother was preparing. Well, he did not want to fast, he went and ate. When he came back to his room to pray, the Spirit of God was not there. The Lord told him, I wanted you to fast and pray. Now for three hours, you lift your hands and pray. Well, it was a subjective experience of that great man of God. He obeyed. He lifted his hand for three days, three hours, and he was able to pray. What I'm trying to make you understand is, since God is our Father, when He corrects us, we must be able to yield in the presence of God. The seventh point that I want to talk to you about the pot that is being made, the potter places the pot in the fire. Imagine, a potter prepares a pot, he takes it, and suppose if it is used immediately, it will just collapse. It won't be solid, it won't be stable. What is needed is, the clay pot must be kept in the fire. Now, it is kept in the fire so that it is, it is burnt and it becomes very strong. Now, dear friends, when we go through problems in our spiritual life, often people feel God has forsaken me or some people blame God. When we go through problems in our life, we must understand that God loves us and he is taking us through crucible of affliction. 
Sometimes afflictions may come. When we do something wrong and we are punished, that's a different story. But when we are walking in the right path of God, we may face trials, we may face problems, but those things will mold us to become like Jesus Christ. There was a pastor's wife who went to a man who was um, refining silver in a crucible. She just went there. She wanted to find out how this man was uh, refining silver. So the word of God says, I will refine you as a silversmith refines the silver so that the tin or dross can be burnt away. As this silversmith was refining silver, what was he doing? He kept the silver in a crucible with the um, leather gloves. He used to keep it over the fire and often he used to take it to look at, look at it. And the, the lady was asking him, how do you know when it is really refined? This man said, if I take it in advance, take it early, the tin and dross is not burnt away. The tin and dross will be there. Suppose if I take it little, if I keep it in the fire for more time, it precipitates and the silver will not be used, cannot be used. Then this lady asked him, how do you know when it is right time for you to take the silver out of the, out of the fire? Then this, this man said, when the silver is melting in the pot, I often take it and look at it. When I see my image, the, the image of my face, very clear on that molten silver, that is the time. Dear friends, God molds us that we might become like him. The word of God says, whom God foreknew, then he predestinated that they should be like Jesus Christ. Whom he predestinated, then he called. Whom he called, then he justified. Whom he justified, then he glorified. This is God's methodology. God wants us to be molded into a vessel that reflects God's glory. So, dear friends, now what is a prayer that this lump of clay can ma make? What is the responsibility of this lump of clay? We are like clay in the hands of a potter and God wants us to be yielded and still. Prayer of the lump of clay, silent yieldedness. This does not mean that we should not do what we are expected to do. We have to do what is expected to do. But still we must understand it is God who is fashioning us into a vessel. We are to yield ourselves totally into the hands of the Lord. Dear friends, what are you doing in your own life regarding your spiritual growth? Are you yielded and still in the hands of the Lord? Are you in the center of God's will, center of God's will, so that he can mold yourself into a vessel that is worthy of honor? Now, if you read Jeremiah 2nd chapter 13th verse, Be astonished, O ye heavens, at this, and be horribly afraid. Be shocked, be very desolate, says the Lord, for my people are committed to evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and they have cut out cisterns, hewn cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. Now, our vessel must be like a vessel that is intact. Our life must be like a vessel that is intact. So, there's something more glorious than our own life shall be put in. You know, we are made of clay. God wants us to fashion us into vessels wherein the Holy Spirit can come and dwell in our lives. So, dear friends, the vessel that the potter was making was marred in the hands of the potter. When Jeremiah went down to the potter's house, what did he see? As the vessel was being made, it was marred. Marred means shahak in Hebrew. It was totally destroyed, moral decay. And then, instead of throwing the clay out, he sat down, he made it into another vessel as seemed under his own eyes. Dear friends, many people after hearing my messages in the television, they connect with me. What I see in their lives is their lives are marred. Moral decay is there. They do not know what to do. When problems arise, when financial crises come, when sicknesses come, they do not know what to do. 
what we have to do is we must learn to be yielded and still offer the prayer of silent yieldedness that a clay can offer before God. When we offer ourselves in this manner, God can fashion us into another vessel. Now, dear friends, a potter will never break the pot. Here in this particular case, when the pot, the pot was marred, destroyed in the hands of the potter, he made it into another vessel as seemed good under his own eyes. When people go through problems, they try to rectify certain things using their wisdom and they miserably fail. What is needed is when something goes wrong in our personal life, in our spiritual life, in our moral life or maybe in our own home. What is needed is we must take the whole life into the hands of the Lord. Give our whole life into the hands of the Lord so that he can reform us, remend us according to his own plan. The potter remade the pot as seemed good and his own eyes. So dear friends, this is responsibility of the clay. This is our responsibility. As I told you, the potter will never break the pot. Years back when I was doing my studies in uh, Gurukul Theological College, I was preaching, this, I wanted to preach the same message there. So I wanted to prepare two pots. As I went to a place here in Chennai and there is a pot, an old potter was there. I asked him to make two pots, one a beautiful good pot and I asked him to make a second pot and I wanted him to break it and then uh, put it in the fire and make, bake it and bring it to me. Now this man, when he prepared the first pot, he was okay. When he made the second pot and when I asked him to break it, he looked, at, looked up at me with, with sorrow. This potter, an old potter, had never broken a vessel. God loves us so much, he will never break us. God is not happy about the death of a sinner. God is not, willing to no, God is not longing to punish us. What he wants from us is yieldedness. He will never mar us, he will never destroy us. What happens is, when we destroy ourselves because of our own sin, sinful life, sinfulness, when we destroy ourselves because of our own sinfulness, because of our own, when we destroy ourselves by the things that are forbidden, when we destroy ourselves because of the sin of the world, God is so unhappy. What is needed is, we must understand where we have gone wrong. We must understand what wrong we have done and come closer to God so that he will be able to remake us. So, dear friends, when Jeremiah went down to the potter's house, this is what God spoke to Jeremiah, taught Jeremiah. My dear friends, why a vessel is made? What is the purpose of a vessel being made? To be filled with the anointing of the Holy Spirit. If you read St. Paul's letter to Timothy, 2 Timothy, 2nd chapter, 21st verse, But in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also wood and earth, and some to honor, some for dishonor. If a man therefore purges himself from these youthful lusts, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use, prepared unto every good work. God's work is good. God's work is always Holy Spirit's good work. So what we need to understand is we let yield ourselves into the hands of the Lord so that he can fill us with the anointing of the Holy Spirit, a vessel that is made unto honorable work, useful for God and man. When a person is not willing to yield himself into the things of God, what happens is his whole life is marred and he becomes useless for God and man. Now, dear friends, if you read 2 Corinthians 4, chapter 6 and 7th verse, For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has sent the light in our own hearts to give the light of knowledge of the glory of God in the face of the Lord Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of power may be of God and not for us. St. Paul himself declares, I have the grace of God in earthen vessels. We must never forget this fact that we are simply clay, simply useless clay. 
when God's hand is upon us, he can bless us to become holy in the hands of God so that he can sanctify us and we can be vessels in the hands of the potter, hands of God, so that he will use us to bring blessings to other people. Now, as I told you, the vessel should be empty inside so that glory of God can be filled in. The anointing of the Lord can be filled in. St. Paul, when he wrote to Ephesians, he says that they must be filled by the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Be not drunk with wine, but be filled by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit longs to be in us. He longs to be in us. Once a person is saved, the Holy Spirit comes in. What he or she needs to do is they must yield themselves to God so that the Spirit of God will continue to work in and through them. So, when our vessels are full, we will be in a position to bless other people. The word of God says, keep your heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. Jesus stood up and he just raised his voice and said on that particular day during a, 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 the last day of the festival, he said, if a person is thirsty, let him come unto me and drink. As the scripture says, out of his heart shall flow rivers of living water. Now, dear friends, you as a believer, this is what is needed. If you are a vessel that is sanctified and meet for the master's use, God will pour you, pour his spirit in you. He will fill you with the anointing of the Holy Spirit so that you will pour the grace to other people. How are you in the presence of God? So dear friends, it is potter who makes the pot. And what is the responsibility of the clay? What is the prayer of the clay? Silent yieldedness. How many people are not able to pray? They are not able to yield before God. They get angry, they shout at others, they, they scream at God. At the same time, they are not able to pray. So dear friends, this is what is needed. We have to humble ourselves, pray, build your prayer life, meditate on God's word daily, keep a clean conscience daily, be filled by the Holy Spirit on a daily basis so that God could use you. Suppose if there is a vessel full of water, if it has to be poured onto another vessel, it must be tilted. When God is using us, we will have to be humble. When we yield ourselves before the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God can work great work in and through us to other people. My dear friends, it is said in the Bible that Solomon, King, King Solomon was there and the Queen of Sheba came to meet him and she gave him a lot of uh, gifts and he also gave her gifts, it seems. Queen of Sheba gave him a gift. It's a, a beautiful vessel made of precious stone. It is full of panacea. It is uh, elixir. If a person takes one drop of it, he will not become old. He will be always young. If he is sick, if he takes one drop, he will be healed. So Solomon received with joy and he kept it. He was young at that time. He wanted to use it when he would become old. And people came to know about it and came and asked him, give us one drop of that elixir. He did not want to give. Later, when he became old, he wanted that elixir to be brought to him so that he can drink it and then regain his own youth. But when the elixir was brought, when that pot was brought, it was empty because it evaporated. I tell you, friends, when we are yielded and still in the presence of God, when we are in worthy vessel in the hands of God, He will fill us with His own glory. He will fill us with His own spirit. We will be able to pour ourselves into the life of other people. Now, are you a vessel yielded in the hands of God? Or are you getting mad in the hands of the Lord? What is needed is submit yourself to God so that he will fill you with the grace of God, you will continue to be a blessing for other people. Shall we look to God in prayer? Loving Heavenly Father, you have given to us a life that is very precious. Though we are made of clay, the glory of God can be in us, O oh God. I pray for these dear people who have been listening to the message today. 
let the spirit of god work in their own hearts oh god so that they would become useful in the kingdom of god help us to be yielded and still in your own presence help us to learn to make the prayer offer the prayer that the clay should offer silent yieldedness prayer of silent yieldedness so that you would continue to use us oh god these dear people may be having their own problems i pray that you may lay your hands upon them bless them abundantly let the spirit of god continue to do his own work in every life oh god bless everyone use everyone oh lord for your own glory in jesus almighty name i pray amen dear friends the lord be with you if you have any problems you can connect with me to my mobile number i am there to pray for you and counsel you the lord bless you